0: Hello, good day, and welcome to the Sports Bar Debates Podcast. My name is Kyle Hewson, and I, as always, will be your host. This episode, my guest is a former roommate and the inventor of the infamous Connorism, Connor Donald. How's it going today, Connor? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm excited for this episode. This, uh, this, I feel like we've got a good one on our hands here. All right, so... As usual, we'll get into our main debate topic. Iconic jersey numbers in a second, but it's never good to dive in straight away. That's how you get injured. So instead, we're going to answer a fun question to stretch the brains. Are you ready, Connor? I'm always ready. Alrighty. So the Olympics are coming up, the Winter Olympics to be, to be specific, and we want to add a sport to it. We're going to add one to the winter. We're going to add one to the summer. What sport should be added to the Olympics? I'll start. I'm going to start with winter. And that is Red Bull Crash Dice slash downhill skating slash skate cross, whatever you want to call it. I think it's going to bring a different element. It'll bring in that that youthful crowd. Uh, if you look at all the events that Red Bull Crash Dice had throughout the years, it was definitely something that we watched in university. I know we watched together. Um, it's a great spectator sport both in person and and on tv i think the setup would be similar to ski cross like you'd have kind of like a seating round and then you have some heats and then you have like your you know quarterfinals semifinals finals and you have your four people in in any cheat i think it'd be interesting to to think about who might who might medal for this one you could look at countries like canada where it's been hosted before many times it's you know it's in quebec city a lot of the events that they had that red bull put on i think you could also look at other great hockey, hockey countries like the Russias and the Swedens and the U S Finland, even. Um, and then maybe you have some other, some other random countries come up like in crashed ice, Aust- Austria, not Australia, Austria did really well and had one of the, one of the champions. So I think crashed ice could be a great addition to the winter Olympics. Uh, do you have, do you have another one here for us for, for a winter Olympic edition?
1: So going off of my Canadian roots, I think a good one would be like a dog sledding. Okay, so because we'd win. Well, hopefully, I don't know. Like I feel like the the Scandinavian countries probably have similar, you know, strong dogs to lead their countries to victory. Um, I also went off of another one too, like a like a tobogganing, uh, extreme sort of, uh, you know, I'm thinking of maybe uh like a beer Olympics sort of (laughs) idea.
0: If you're if you're tobogganing, yep. Is it like a a standard craft for all kind of like a skeleton? Oh, yeah. Skeletons kind of like a toboggan, right? Oh, yeah, it's the it's
1: it's the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But just down a raw hill, not or like down the moguls. Imagine with like jumps on it and stuff. It's kind of like a a crash ice, but with a toboggan.
0: Yeah. Or you (laughs) got to do the the ski cross. We've got to like do some maneuver your way, like off of some jump. And yeah, that would be fun. If you either one of those, you can pick pick which one. Who do you think would medal?
1: Well, So I think for the for the dog side, it would have to be a country like Canada or maybe Russia. Yeah, Iberian, inland, like somebody like that toboggan. This is the fun thing about it. It could be it's open you know it's like Like one random person from taiwan you could have the jamaican tobogganing team (laughs) you know feel the rhythm feel the rhyme (laughs) they retired from bobsledding and they're moving over to tobogganing that's amazing so yeah all All right
0: right. give me give me your summer take if you could if you could add one of the summers in paris in paris in 2024
1: yep so um i i'm going with esports Okay. Um, so I, I enjoy this one a lot. I know it's been trialed at the Olympics. I don't know if it's going to be coming to the next Summer Olympics. Um, but I think it's it's a good one in terms of um, drawing in a younger crowd. I know a lot of the younger millennial uh, Generation Z or whatever they call themselves now are more into, you know, like the, uh, the Overwatch, um, the Valorant, those types of games. Um, so for, from an Olympics perspective, I mean... People talk about losing, you know, the younger people's attention to the games. I think it draws in a younger crowd, Um, it teaches them about some of the other sports that are in the Olympics, but it also like brings up viewership for social media, for a lot of other aspects of the Olympics, which is really important as well.
0: It's a good, again, another spectator sport where you put thousands of people
1: yeah.
0: in an arena and they watch it. I wonder how it would be watching it. It'd be be, that one would be interesting to see from a from a partnership standpoint. If you get like Twitch all of a sudden sponsoring the Olympics instead of your traditional, you know, NBCs and TSNs and CTVs or CBCs in Canada,
1: I think that's like the the move that some of these older um, you know competitions need to adopt. I mean, look at the look at the viewership on some something like Twitch, something like YouTube Gaming, or something like that. Like some of these concurrent. Uh, Twitch streamers are bringing in hundreds of thousands of viewers at a time, live streaming, live streaming. It's not even like uh, over the span of a week. It's like literally live, which is more than I'm sure a lot of the Olympic broadcasts bring on like CBC on a given time, unless it's like one of the main sports. Right. (laughs) But uh, so, yeah. So from that perspective, I think it's really important. Um and i d I don't know, like I think they're gonna bring it in the next Summer Olympics, so it'd be interesting to see what sports and and uh qualifying. I know we've talked about this before, like how do you qualify? What are the best sports for it? So it'll be interesting from that perspective, but I think it's like kind of important to to keep the attention in the Olympics going.
0: Speaking of that younger generation, my summer sport is TikTok dancing.
1: It's no, not actually not okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, say. put TikTok dance. I would dance. I would come in dead last for that <laughs> No, it's it's tug of war. It's going.
0: It's bringing it back. So you're bringing it to the new age with the esports, and I'm bringing it back to the stone age. With a little Squid Game action. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's where, when watching Squid Game, I was like, this should be an Olympic sport. You, you don't realize how much strategy is involved because when you're a kid, you're literally just pulling as hard as you can. You don't realize that, you know, let go of the rope, let the other people, like fall back um so squid game brought that to prominence as an Olympic sport up until 1920 so like I said not hard to to convince convince people to bring it back um I I don't think you'd see one country that would inherently have an advantage over another you have if you look at some of the strongman competitions like your UKs and your USs and even like Iceland with Thor and and all those different countries that traditionally have the bigger strongmen but I think it'd be interesting. I mean, you have a, you have a setup, again, it's team-based. So let's say it's teams of eight, uh, four to eight or whatever it may be. And you could have a, a male, you could have a female, you could have a mixed. You have a group stage, quarter, semifinals, and finals. And I think meddling would be really interesting. I mentioned Thor and, from Iceland and played in Game of Thrones that literally called the mountain. You've uh, got the US, I think, would be an interesting one because you've got the O-linemen and the D-linemen in football that, that are just <laughs> with raw power. Yeah. But then you also have countries that are really good at like rugby and stuff like that, really good with their hands and 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 strong, able-bodied people like the New Zealands. So um, I'd love to see a sport get added to the Olympics where you see a minnow, not, necess- not necessarily saying New Zealand is a minnow country, but a smaller country that doesn't win as many medals, have a chance to really take something like the Jamaican toboggan team in the, in the Winter mm-hmm. Olympics. All right, that does it for the introduction. Uh, so without further ado, grab a drink. Kick back and let's dive into this week's debate 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 the debate this week is an interesting one there's probably nothing in sport more meaningful or iconic than the jersey number players often pick their number and stick with it from a young age i know personally for me i, I picked one number and i i picked it when i was six and i still wear it to this day but how they choose their number is usually highly personal some wear the same number as their favorite player growing up some pick one that their parents wore some simply go with their birthday And it's very rare for a jersey number to be chosen at random it has so much meaning and so much personal meaning for these players some teams still only have numbers on their backs no last names like if you look at the new york yankees some players have been known to pay off teammates to claim their favorite jersey number when they switch teams and some numbers are really popular in one sport but not so much in others. So we picked our favorite jersey numbers. We're going to go through them here in a little bit, um, considering from 00 to 99.99. 99, and we'll take turns nominating a number and see if we can come to an agreement that it's one of maybe, we'll go our top five jersey numbers in sports. So I'm actually going to kick this one off. Um, this one is synonymous with one player uh, if you grew up in Canada. However, there are other players across other sports that wore it too. And that's number four, Bobby Orr. So number four, Bobby Orr, is. you can't really argue that he's the greatest defenseman in NHL history. You could also say if he hadn't have succumbed to some knee injuries halfway through his career, he might have become one of the greatest players in NHL history. But number four is also worn by Jean Beliveau, who's a very famous Montreal Canadiens, won hundreds, not actually, <laughs> but it feels like hundreds of Stanley Cups in the in yep. the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, so another, another phenomenal pl- hockey player. Moving across and south of the border into the NFL, you've got Brett Favre, who's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Probably not top three, but he's definitely in the top 10. Uh, Another phenomenal player. And then in the MLB, you've got Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig is one of the best players of his era, one of the best players in MLB history. But then it gets interesting. In soccer, you've got some good modern day and, and players from the 90s. Now you've got Patrick Vieira, who was part of that Arsenal Invincibles team in the early 2000s. You've got, more recently, Sergio Ramos from Spain and uh, and, and Real Madrid. It's interesting in soccer because they usually only wore numbers 1 to 11, yep. and they were assigned different positions. And so number 4 was usually a centre-back or a right-back, somebody on the defensive line defensive, that doesn't necessarily yep. get a lot of the credit. Yep. So that's why soccer is a little bit interesting. It's not quite the level of the Bobby Orr great players, Bobby Orr, Brett Favre, you know, Lou Gehrig, as I mentioned. But then you get to the NBA, and I had to stretch the internet's capabilities to find some players in the NBA who were really, really good. <laughs> at number four, I had never heard of them, so apologies in advance. One is Chris Webber. Chris Webber, I've heard of. He's part of the part of the Fab Five in in Michigan. He didn't go on to have a. a all-time great NBA career, but he was a star for a number of years. He was an all-star with the Sacramento the Sacramento Kings. But then we have Dolph Shays and Adrian Dantley, both from somewhere between the 50s and the 80s, both perennial all-stars, just not players that I've heard of. Yeah. So for me, number four is great because of Bobby Orr. It's so synonymous. Like I said, those other players. But then we kind of take a step down when we go to soccer and another step down a little bit when we go to the NBA. Eager to hear, did you have number four in your... Top five realm, I did not.
1: No, you did not. Great. All but right. I, but I did consider it. Um, And it's interesting because we talked about this before the podcast uh, and, and how in the NCAA, you can't pick anything over number five. So it's interesting that not more NBA players have number four because they didn't translate it from necessary because, you know, usually. like just based on my limited unprofessional sports career. If you get attached to a number, you get pretty attached to it. Yep. And so if you play with it in uh, the NCAA, you're going to carry it over into the uh, like NBA, right. right? You know what I mean? Like, because you get attached to that number, if you're playing well with the number, you, why would you change it? So that's an interesting point that you can't really think of anybody in the NBA with number four. So
0: I mean, the one I'll add to this, because he is going to be an all-time great, not Scotty Barnes.
1: No, well. Scotty Barnes, the, the, rookies, <laughs> the rookie for the
0: Raptors. Will be on this list of the all-time greats in the NBA, and then number four will be the greatest number of all time?
1: It's true. No, it's a good point, and I really like the Bobby Orr. I I did notice number four. Um, my my number one great is pretty close to it, so we'll just keep that in mind as a teaser for when we get to number one. Alrighty, so hit me with another
0: number then. Hit okay, so new top five.
1: So I'm gonna go a little bit, um, not really off. The mark here but i want to start with uh, an interesting number that so for my top five i didn't just pick the top five okay okay hear me out here and you're gonna like it because i'm gonna put this podcast on my back like a jersey number <laughs> so my my number five number that i enjoy is number 69. okay <laughs> i
0: have a feeling you were going to do <laughs> that.
1: and i'm not picking it because i enjoy the number 69 i enjoy it because of the lore because of the lore towards the number 69. So, number 69 is banned in the NBA. Two players have wore it in the NHL over the, the course of the actual NHL. Apparently, Dennis Rodman tried to wear number 69 for the Lakers and was banned from wearing it. So, I just enjoy the lore behind it. Uh, and six players have wore it in the M- uh, MLB ever. Which is interesting. That's
0: interesting because the MLB, you don't necessarily see higher numbers like that.
1: Exactly. And Jared Allen for the NFL award as well. So
0: a a good defensive lineman.
1: Yeah. So you do see, you do see it a lot more
0: in the NFL because O-linemen and D-linemen tend to wear those higher numbers. Yes, exactly. And the numbers in the 50 to kind of 70, high 70s range. Yeah. So you do see 69 a lot more from like predominantly in, in, in the in the
1: NFL. Well, the NFL, there was a lot more players that have worn it before. It's just interesting to see like the taste because like the NBA has never allowed the number, obviously for the reasons why we won't discuss on this podcast because it's a sport Cup podcast, but two players in the NHL wore it. So that's pretty interesting. And and I wonder how they fell through the cracks in terms of wearing it. But uh, but yeah, so that was my number five. I just enjoy it because of the number. I mean, not not because of the number itself, Uh, more around the lore of it i i like to learn about like the reasons why uh leagues wouldn't allow players to wear it i know when we were younger we were never allowed to so um yeah Alrighty, so i went with number four for number five you went with number 69
0: for number five and i'm going for number seven for number four if any of that confuses you i'm picking number seven as as my next favorite number uh in the nfl we had john elway again not quite on the level of, of in my opinion, you know, the Brady's and the Manning's, but on the level of the Brett Favre's. And up there, he's won a couple of Super Bowls. Um, he's finally able, able to get over that hump uh, towards the end of his career. In the MLB, we've got Mickey Mantle, another great. Same era as Lou Gehrig uh, for the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. NBA, again, as with number four, is a little bit tougher. You've got Carmelo Anthony's warrant, who's wore it. Pete Moravich, who's wore it, and arguably the greatest Raptor of all time, Kyle Lowry, who's worn it. So so there is a little bit of a step up, at least in our minds and and in no more recent history uh, of the NBA. In soccer, it's a very, very famous number. Cristiano Ronaldo is, if not a top three player of all time, very, very close. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've also got Spanish Raul, played for Real Madrid, wore that before Ronaldo did eric Cantona or for manchester united before him it was david beckham number seven for manchester united is a, it is a very famous number in itself for a football club but in general there are these greats across soccer that have worn this number and the reason is like i mentioned from one to 11 players were assigned this number and this was usually for for a more flair player somebody who played on the wing and somebody who generated a lot of a lot of assists a lot of goals and created a lot of chances so uh, for that reason, number seven is always kind of a heralded number in soccer. It's something that you strive to wear when you're a kid uh, because because some of the greats have worn it. And then we'll circle back and finish off with hockey. That's Phil Esposito and Paul Coffey. Uh, Phil Esposito, obviously, again, phenomenal player. His brother Tony played a net, but Phil Esposito played for Team Canada in the Summit Series in 72. Paul Coffey was one of the smoothest skating defensemen of all time, one of the best offensive defensemen of all time in those Gretzky-era Oilers in the, in the 80s. Uh, so for that reason, number seven across four sports has the NHL, the NFL, the MLB, and soccer. Some of the greatest players of all time award that number. And in the NBA, it's still it's a good number. It's a solid number. Um, so for that reason, I, I have number seven up here in into my top five as well.
1: I would agree with you. Uh, for that reason, I'm not going to put it. Uh, okay. Mo- I was mostly going to keep it for both David Beckham and Cristiano Ronaldo um so for my number four i'm gonna go with uh number nine or 99 sorry uh wayne gretzky so wayne gretzky carries this number himself he carries this number himself right uh just because of my love for hockey uh and because of the number itself i mean it's the last number that we could even you can use in um and oh, it, in sports yeah and like i know i know the the history behind it i'm pretty sure he was number nine and he had to switch to number 99 when he went to the um ohl so uh so yeah so for that reason gretzky's up there like i mean other than that we don't really have much of anybody else it's
0: well across other sports like jj walt was 99 one of the best defensive linemen in the last 10 15 years if not yeah. you know of recent definitely recent memory Um, I looked at 99 as well. That's why I know that. The other interesting 99 is there's some great players that wore it towards the end of their career. In the MLB, that was Manny Ramirez wore it when when he played for the Dodgers. And Brazilian Ronaldo wore it for AC Milan. Same reason as Gretzky. He wore number nine his entire career. And then when he went to AC Milan, somebody else was wearing number nine. So he just decided to double it. And so... Brazilian Ronaldo's again, same yeah. same boat as J.J. Watt, one of the best players in recent memory. But I agree, Gretzky. Gretzky carries number ninety nine. Well, but for that reason, I didn't put it in my top five. Of course, those are the two players.
1: The other, the other thing too about no, like number ninety nine is like Gretzky was so great that it's a retired number in the entire NHL now.
0: Nobody in the NHL can wear it. So the
1: only, it's, it's the only number that's,
0: outside it, of forty two in baseball. Yeah, I believe that's retired across
1: yeah entirely. Oh, so if you think about that, that changes the entire dynamic of the number like that so was just as great as number 69 in in the nba just as great I, absolutely because it's retired throughout the entire league no but like if you think about it like i mean nobody else can wear it so from that perspective it's pretty interesting
0: i mean i agree like i said i had it on my list yeah no. I, I cut it towards towards the end it was one of my last cuts
1: because <laughs> you could you could argue
0: that no player in any other sport was head and shoulders better than anybody else since than Gretzky.
1: Yeah. Oh, 100%. So
0: for that reason I could have 9 number 9 yeah, yeah, and they yeah, wouldn't yeah. make up they wouldn't make up the skill level that uh, makes has. So I do agree with that. Um but I didn't include it. And now I'm going to move on to my third pick, which is another famous soccer number. I'll start there and that's number 10. So Ronaldo number 7, Messi number 10. Of course. But also Pele and also Diego Maradona, rest in peace. Zinedine Zidane, Ronaldinho, Dennis Law, Dennis Bergkamp, the list goes on and on for number ten. Like I said, number seven in soccer was the f- was the kind of the flair player, the player that that creates a lot of chances from the ring. Number ten is the player who plays up the middle, and kind of controls the team like a puppet master. Yep. Messi, in my opinion, is the greatest player of all time. If he's not, Pelé is the second greatest player of all time. And if he's not, Maradona might be third. So, and, and Zidane's <laughs> in the top ten. So for that reason, number ten for me is, is up there. It has to be. I, I could have put it higher than this, uh, and we'll get into the reasons I didn't in a second, um, just based on soccer. But looking at the other sports, you've got Fran Tarkington in the NFL, a famous quarterback. Um, Eli Manning. Famous more recently, not quite as great. Guy Lafleur in hockey and George Armstrong, who played for the Leafs. Ron Francis as well, one of the top point getters of all time in, in the NHL. And the reason I didn't put 10 higher, despite how great it is in soccer and those other those other superstar players in the NFL and the NHL. In the NBA, Dennis Rodman wore it for a little bit. Walt Frazier, again, before, way before our era, another good player. DeMar DeRozan more recently for us in the Raptors. And in the MLB... It's a guy by the name of Lefty Grove. And I had to Google this because I couldn't think of a player that wore number 10 that was a superstar, at least at least in the last couple of years. And Lefty Grove, some people say he's the best left. His name's Lefty. Some people say he's the best left-handed pitcher of all time. I've never heard of him. He's got a, a dope name. But, but there aren't really any other MLB players. So for that reason, I brought number 10 down a little bit, and that's why it sits at third for me. You had to have had number 10 in your top five.
1: Oh, yeah. 100% number 10 for sure. I was just Googling because I saw Chipper Jones is in the MLB as well. And I really like that name. Number 10. But... Again, another <laughs> solid
0: player, you know, but but, but not a... but
1: on the same quality of, of those players. So. so you
0: agree you agree number ten's up there. And it's basically because of the little Argentinian that we love so much.
1: Well, I mean, so the, the difference between number 10 and number 99 is number 10 in soccer is never going to get retired. Right. So because there are also so
0: many other great players that.
1: Yes, exactly. But but were. just because of the like the stature of number 10, you can never retire the number. So nobody's going to be great enough to ever retire number 10. Like a messy war number 80. Yeah. You could see that happen. Yes, exactly. So but he's taken the
0: mantle from the from the Maradona's and from the Pele.
1: Yes, exactly. So you're never going to have the ability to retire that number. So that's why there's so many numbers or so many players that have that number. So it's an in- interesting to think about. All right.
0: All right, so hit me, hit me with another one, then, if, if you think number 10's dumb.
1: <laughs> That's so rude of you to say. Um, so I'm going to go now with number 33. Okay. And I could start anywhere. Like, I mean, there's there's a bunch. So you can go with uh, NHL goalie. You can go Pat, Patrick Waugh. Yep. You can go NBA. You can go Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, Scotty Pippen. Uh, go down that route, and then you got MLB, Jose Canseco. Um, it's okay. So you you this this entire thing will make sense when you see my number one because I have a, a love and an affinity for a number. Yeah. So uh, and then you have uh, like Larry Bird, those types of guys in the NBA. So yeah. All right, I've I've led the way
0: for most of this. Yep. Yeah. Um, you've thrown me off a little bit with your choices, so I want to get thrown off again. Okay. I want you to give me your second yep. number now. Yep. And then we'll see if I want your first before I give you my top two. But we'll start with your second number.
1: Interesting. Well, okay. So if we're gonna go into order, I was gonna go number tw- twenty-three. Num uh number two. Okay. Uh, and that's just basically like based off of Jordan and LeBron. Right. Uh, and once you get to all the of
0: th- debate, but because there's two of them.
1: Yes. Um. Uh, but I mean, like. I think number 23 would be number two even if lebron didn't wear it so that's kind of getting into the basketball goat debate i guess super so 23 ahead of tw- ahead of 99 only because there's two
0: but you just said it would be in there
1: it would know? be in there but i don't know if oh, it would don't be ahead to. of number 99 but just because like lebron's wearing it now right uh but i like i mean the other thing too is both of those players didn't wear 23 their entire careers too so so that's an interesting debate and then like you said like after those two like it kind of falls off pretty quickly in terms of yeah, number 23 same as 99 again
0: i consider 23 for the same reason that jordan and lebron would carry it yeah but you look at the nfl and it's Devin hester one of the best return men of all time but definitely not one of the best football players of all time in the nhl you've got milan hey Duke.
1: <laughs> i do remember that name from back in the
0: day yeah colorado Avalian, <laughs> won a couple cups uh ryan sandberg who played for
1: the chicago cubs his, his name is spelled r-y-n-e yes, yeah. yes it is
0: and then jamie Carragher and soul campbell for soccer
1: yeah. again because this
0: whole soccer because of this whole soccer thing that's one to 11 you didn't see 23 warren until like the 90s when they kind of started to stray away from that yep yeah. uh, so for that reason you're not seeing like a, a pele or a maradona really wearing a number that high yep yeah. So that's another reason it's not that high on my list. It's the reason I didn't include it. Again, you could argue that Jordan and LeBron are head and shoulders above
1: mm-hmm. anybody else. Than- yeah. I mean, it, it, it's tough to wear number 23, especially after, you know, Jordan. Like, you know, then LeBron did it. Yeah. Well, that no. just shows something about his character. And then he changed. Yeah. So
0: that's another reason I didn't consider 23. Like Jordan weren't. It- if not for all of his career, for most of it But LeBron changed like three times. Yeah. He's worn six for the Olympics, he's worn six for the Heat. He's now wearing six for, for the Lakers. Yeah. And so if he had worn one number like Gretzky did for his whole career,
1: yeah.
0: It would have over. a different like impact on everything. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So
0: my number two is a number again, I, I said number ten was synonymous with soccer, with some of these greatest players in, in soccer history. Number one is the goalie number. Obviously, not in the NFL and behavior M L B. But those sports have some some pretty great players as well. You've got Warren Moon and Cam Newton in the NFL, both good quarterbacks, not all-time greats, but good quarterbacks in their day. Yep. Tracy McGrady, Penny Hardaway, and Amari Stoudemire in the NBA. Ozzy Smith in the MLB, one of the best, if not the best defensive player of all time. Every goalie in soccer wears number one, even today. You've got Lev Yashin from the Soviet Union days. He actually played goalie for the Soviet Union in soccer and hockey. Mm-hmm. You've got Oliver Kahn from those great German teams in the, in the early 2000s. You've got Buffon from Italy. You've got Casillas. Literally every goalie wears number one. Mm. Every starting goalie wears number one. It's kind of this, this award you're given for being... It's called being given the number one shirt. It's actually a reference in soccer when you're named the starting goalie. So for that reason, it's up there. But it's also the same case in hockey. Going back to the days of Johnny Bauer and Jacques Plante, and Terry Sawchuk, three of the greatest goalies of all time, yep. and even more recently, Roberto Luongo is, for all his faults, still a phenomenal goalie. So, it's the goalie number number one. For that reason, I had it at number two. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just a it's a it's all around good number because there are so many legendary players that wore it.
1: Sounds like you play in a certain position when you play soccer.
0: I play goalie, but I do not wear number one when I do.
1: What, what number do you wear? You I play? don't wear one because we play men's league don't have numbers in that. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for something you're more excited than that, but if if I were to wear if we
0: were to play men's league and get jersey numbers and I were to choose, I would actually pick twenty-four. Okay. Uh it's also kind of a goalie number. Like some yeah. some goalies wear number twenty-four, so that's one reason it kind of works. And two, it's we talked about birthdays. It's my, my grandmother's my grandmother's birthday was the twenty-fourth and she was born in nineteen twenty-four. So um for That reason I'd, I'd pick 24 and kind of be in her honor, like, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we were in introing this debate. Some people pick it for a significant reason other than their favorite player award or, or it was, yeah, the number of the position. I'd pick 24,
1: makes sense. So that kind of ties into my number one uh choice. So this one's close to my heart, right? But it's also a great number in terms of sports. Um. A little backstory: Back when I had to choose choose my first jersey number, I was one of the smallest guys on the team. So, oh no, they gave you the smallest jersey. So, <laughs> the first four numbers were the small jerseys yep. at hockey. So it was number two, three, four, five. Yeah. So, so you had slim pickings So I had slim pickins, uh, and the other guy that I was going against was a defenseman, and he obviously picked number four. So I was left with number three. So that kind of ties into my favorite jersey number. Wait. So at the beginning of this podcast, yep, I said there's no there's nothing more significant
0: or meaningful or iconic, yep. in sports than a jersey number and players pick numbers
1: never at random. But yours was, I guess, it's not random. It was assigned to you. It was assigned to me. Yeah, for sure. Like I mean, I like if I could have picked back then, I would have probably picked like number sixteen. I was like love darcy tucker like those t- types of numbers i had like an affinity for like you know wendell pick clark numbers number 17 but those numbers were like the extra large jerseys yeah and i was not an extra large player back then still i am not no. so uh Except so
0: I, jersey back then when you were six probably wouldn't even fit you now if you would have got the extra
1: zero oh, percent chance <laughs> i would still probably be like number six <laughs> if He's i had to pick now, room. so uh so so number three is uh definitely top on my list and i mean in terms of players it, there's a lot if we if we go through the list i mean baseball babe ruth you got dwayne wade Allen iverson if you listen to a previous podcast you know that i love the daytona 500 you can go with a dale earnhardt which is a great number and it's one of the most iconic nascar numbers uh yeah i don't know other than that i mean we can get into some of the 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 more obscure wnba players but there's a lot of uh well i mean in turn if you want to think about the maple leafs in the nhl you got number three dion fano
0: who is greatest leaf
1: one of the greatest leafs. leafs of all time so that could be up there but i don't think that's going to bring number three to the number one on my list
0: that's fair so it's, it's a personal reason that's the best number yeah list. of well, course really so,
1: so that's why it's the greatest jersey number for me personally i mean for some of those names, they're up there as well. But if you're going to look at the best players, but if you look across sports, I mean, it's tough to even decide.
0: if no, even if you look at soccer, you got Roberto Carlos. Yep. like yep. we said again, they're kind of assigned to positions. It was usually like a right back or a center back. Yep. You got Paolo Maldini, who we brought up on on a previous podcast, of one of the one of the best one franchise soccer players of all time. Yep. So it has significance in soccer as well.
1: It does, yeah. So I mean, across the board, it d- it definitely has significance, and I and who knows, like maybe. You know, Babe Ruth had to wear number three because it was the smaller jersey, or something like that. Like, but not towards the end of his career. I know. I just checked. <laughs> it's interesting that
0: you went with number three, and the first reason you picked it was because it was your favorite number growing up. Because I did the same thing. Oh, and mine's number nine. There we go. Uh, number nine is a great jersey number, period. But it's also my favorite jersey number. It's a number I will choose to wear can't really wear it net so that's why i didn't say that previously but i wore it because of paul Corea. paul Corea was my favorite net player growing up and so that's the number i chose and i actually won it in a raffle I, or kind of like a rock paper scissors or, or kind of like drawing names out of a hat for all the players that wanted number nine the one year that i yeah. that i played in the gthl um i think it was really competitive hockey when i was a kid i was i was number nine thankfully so, but number nine's is gordy howe it's the reason that Wayne Gretzky wore number nine and eventually had a change to 99 because he couldn't wear number nine. Yep. But also Maurice Richard, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. The trophy for greatest goal scorer ever season is named after him. Bobby Hull, Brett Hull's dad. Mm -hmm. All top 15, top 20 players in NHL history. Yep. All wore number nine. In the NFL, Drew Brees, again, one of those upper echelon quarterbacks wore number nine. And the MLB, Ted Williams, one of the greatest hitters, if not the greatest hitter of all time, wore number nine. In the NBA, it's a, it's a little tougher. You've got Tony Parker, who was was a was an All Star player and a key cog in those Spurs teams that won so many championships under Pop, Greg Popovich, mm-hmm. and Bob Pettit. Petit, Pettit. Pettit. It's definitely Bob Pettit. Yeah. He was the first MVP in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some some good players in the NBA as well. But then soccer, it's the strikers' number. Yeah. You've got Alan Shearer, as I mentioned previously, Brazilian Ronaldo, uh, Marco Van Basten, and Sir Bobby Charlton from Manchester United. That was the number of the guy that led the line and the guy that got all the glory and scored all the goals in soccer. Um, I wore it in soccer. I wore it in hockey. I definitely got all the glory (laughs) as a kid growing up. But uh, So number nine has these phenomenal players that wore it across sports. It's a great number, and it's my favorite number, and for that reason I put it number one. I love that. I love that we both put our favorite numbers and then rationalized it later. Well, so I it, put that I put that as number one on my list
1: before I even did any research into who wore what number. So it's funny because I did the exact same thing and I'm not gonna lie, I like I didn't know that Babe Ruth wore number three. Oh no. I mean, like looking back, I probably would have known that, but I wasn't gonna pick Babe Ruth's <laughs> number as the best jersey number of all time. You want me to like, cut
0: that out of the podcast?
1: No, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, like the the thing about baseball is like they could wear zero or they could wear whatever number. It's it's tougher to remember their numbers because it doesn't have really the same significance as hockey does. You know what I mean? Fair.
0: They're also only on they're also only on the field four times a game to bat. Yeah. And if they're, you know, a pitcher they're not anymore batting. Yes. So it was it, like it's a little you're not tougher. really paying attention to the right fielder wearing number nine because it's your favorite number because you're watching the batter or bat. And so you're only yes. really paying attention to their number. The pitcher, maybe. Yeah, because you see the back of him and when you're watching on TV and the batter.
1: But yeah, you, like you don't you don't distinguish by the number of the player, whereas in other sports, you're like, oh, that's number nine breaking down the wing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas or in baseball, players. it's like, oh, look, that's the the, you know, third baseman. Yeah, it's not number 27. Like it's. Okay. So good point.
0: Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that does it for most iconic Jersey numbers. At the end of the day, we just picked our our own favorite numbers, but after the break, we will be moving on to the sidebar. Mm. All right, we're back and we're moving on to our sidebar. It's an interesting one this week. The whole podcast is interesting. I've said it about 30 times, (laughs) but this interesting sidebar is biggest bar buzzkill. So you're at a bar having a good time. Maybe, you know, it's it's yourself and a couple buddies watching a game. What's the one thing that will instantly kill your mood?
1: If they don't have Bush beer on top, that's not my actual one because <laughs> it never happens. And I've never been to a bar that has But so you're always buzz killed because nobody ever has. Beer. So I always start off on the wrong foot. Yeah.
0: So it's not an instant buzzkill. It's you walk in and you know that they don't have it on top. So but if it was the other way around, it would be what it would make your day is when you
1: see Bush on top. So over the Christmas break, I went axe throwing in Coburg, Ontario. Right. And I we we got set up, uh, went to our lane and, and then I was like, all right, time for a beer. So I went up to the you waited until you got set up and into your lane before you were like, wait. Well, because we thing? had to sign up, we had to like sign a bunch of waivers and say that we're not gonna axe each other in the head, whatever. And and then I went up to the bar and I said, "What do you guys have?" And they said, "We don't have anything on tap, but we have Bush as the first beer." And I was like, "Oh my god, I have fallen in love with axe throwing." Say no more. <laughs> this is my favorite sport of all time. This should be in the Olympics. <laughs> except he didn't say C- it. Except I didn't say it. But that was a uh, that was definitely a shocker in my mind. I. Uh, probably not my biggest buzz kill because that would be uh, a little tougher. What would be your number one biggest bar buzz kill?
0: My my biggest buzz kill is when you're standing at the bar, sitting, standing whatever it is. Yep. And someone walks up behind you. Yep. And bumps into you and spills their drink over your shoulder. Oh, that's the worst. No, you know what's actually even worse than that? When someone bumps into you and spills your drink on yourself. Oh, no. That's the worst because when someone else sp- spills their drink on you like, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever you're wearing, you're soaked. Yep. Most likely and sticky because it's probably some gin soda drink or beer. It's not bush. It's, as long as it's not if bush. It would
1: yeah. just be water.
0: But <laughs> it's when your own drink is spilling on you because you just paid for that. Now you're empty.
1: And it's all over your shirt. And it's on your shirt. Yeah.
0: And it's not just like, oh, when your your drink gets spilled because then it's on the floor and it's fine, you yep. when it's spilled on you,
1: because then like you're probably leaving, it's a double whammy because it's your own beer, it's all over your shirt and you get to smell that in your hamper for the next couple of days. Yeah, because nobody does
0: laundry right away.
1: Because you're going to take it easy that night because you probably went out and had a couple of pints. I mean, that kind of ties into my biggest buzz Buzzkill, and it would be like the drunkest person at the bar. And if they're being a nuisance, then it's like, you know what? Everybody needs to, to mix in a couple of waters.
0: So your biggest bar buzzkill is the mirror
1: in the bathroom. Uh, well, it is because I'm not drinking bush and <laughs> so you're the drunkest person. Hijated. Exactly. I mean, I'm projecting probably my own issue. But uh, I mean, like if you think about it, like there is those times when you kind of sober up, you like look around and you're like, holy cow, that person is way too drunk. They're spilling my drink on me. You know, you know what I mean? Like, um yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a that's a bad mix. The drunkest person's knocking in you and spilling your beer on yourself.
1: Yeah. Especially if you're, you know, like sitting at a pub watching, you know, like day, like the the football match in Europe, like Manchester United versus City. Eleven AM. It's eleven A. M. and there's somebody already first beer the day. (laughs) Yeah. Like a crispy pint. You've got like a someone noxious flails their arm and there goes your beer i can't wait till the bars open up again hopefully when this airs, we're going to be drinking a cold pint at the dog and bear that
0: about does it for this episode of the sports bar debates podcast thank you for listening and if you've come this far and liked what you heard you might like what we had in store what we have in store what we've had in store and what we have in store. If that's the case, follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. So you never miss a future episode. Or if you disagree with our thoughts from this episode and you think there's a more iconic Jersey number, than number nine or number three, feel free to join the debate on Twitter at bar debates. We'll see you in two Tuesdays. Cheers. Cheers.